We got the deal gen logo on the screen. We're doing wow. things legit today. This is official. So, I mean, look, we, we were talking about this right before we hopped on and how, you know, our company's changed, but our mindset's changed um, when we decided to grow a company instead of just doing, you know, activities that make money um, and skipping from, you know, kind of thing to thing, trying to, you know, get the next thing to work, you know, and I think one, there's a lot that I've realized and unpacked about that topic. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into that shiny object syndrome because they know they're good at one thing. So they're like, well, why can't I be good at this other thing right. or as good as somebody else? Um, so, I mean, you're, you have experience in this field. Um, you know, talk to us about, I guess, even fla- flashback a year ago, you know, when, when you were working on multiple things and yeah. what made this seem like the one thing to focus on and, and, you know, how has that kind of just progressed? Yeah. So I, I talked to a guy the other day um, with one of our, our new sales guys, business development guys, Malcolm. And uh, the guy said, he, he goes, I'm the Wade Boggs of SaaS companies. I just hit singles. Like I get it. I start it. I get it to a certain amount of revenue. And then I move on to the next one. It's like, <laughs> all I do is hit opposite field singles. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you have no idea how much that resonates with us because that's kind of what we were doing. You right. know, it's like, hey, yeah. we had this opportunity, we chased it, we got it started, and then we were more frustrated that it wasn't a rocket ship, and we moved on to the next one. Right. You know, and I think one thing we have that not a lot of people have is the blessing and the curse of opportunity. Sure. Right? Which is, it is a blessing and a curse where we uncover stuff every day that could be the next zillion dollar opportunity, but I think we've just become really disciplined with sticking to one thing primarily because we saw this thing now with deal gen pave a path to providing everything we want, mm-hmm. right? Which is a high earnings potential and a company that we can grow, not just a project that can generate us revenue and doing it with guys we like being on the same page with what our incentives are as far as how we want to grow something and working with clients and opportunities that, I mean, in our eyes are kind of the pinnacle of the people you want to work with. I agree. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into why we chose this one. And I think that, you know, what you said at the beginning resonates tremendously with me. It's starting something, getting it even to a point where it's making money, but then not being, you know, that rocket ship. And one thing I've realized, and it was kind of like a cheat code that opened up in my mind was that when you're, no matter what you're doing, you're competing with people and the people that are the best at what you're doing that you're competing against are completely all in right. on what they are doing. So when it comes to, you know, I, I had a background trying to you know, do, you know, I've, I've done real estate wholesaling. I've you know tried to acquire um, multifamilies and just, you know, but doing it uh, every time I did it, I did it while I was doing something else and yeah, also while you were running a on company. something else while yeah. I was running yeah. a business. Um, with the mindset of trying to make that other thing also being a business, you know, and kind of operating it on shoestrings and realizing that in doing that, you know, you, you'd start to see the people who are successful at it, but it's, those are the ones that spend every day. That's every waking moment. And many of them have been doing it for five, 10, 20, 30, sometimes yeah. hundred years, you know? So, um, anything, you know, everything in the world is competitive now. The world, I think, is big enough where you can take your your piece of the pie, no matter what you want to focus on. But 
it involves focusing. It involves kind of blocking out those shiny objects. And you pointed out, you know, I think in what we do right now, I've never been exposed to more shiny objects in the sense of like the opportunities that we see for sale. But, you know, we've kind of focused just on our sector of it, which is originating those on behalf of our clients. You know, in doing that, I think we'll learn a lot more. It'll allow us to make enough money, hopefully, to start dipping our toe further in some of those opportunities. But at the same time, you got to know when the time and the place is to do that. And we're just getting started. We're just building. And I think that, you know, blocking out those shiny objects are is key. So I've said the word shiny objects a few times now. What is a shiny object in your opinion? And what's the difference? Like, why in the past maybe have you chased some of those things that seem like they were the next big thing? Yeah, I think shiny objects are more, for me, like a quick path to revenue. Right. But not something that we could see ourselves spending the next 20 years doing. You know, so like we've been presented countless opportunities to be like, hey, if we just connect these dots, we can make 10 grand a month doing it. And that'd be nice to do on the side, you know. And I think once we stopped looking at on the side and just said, this is what we're going to do. That that's the the difference to me between a shiny object and, and a long term play is we're excited to do this every day. The shiny mm-hmm. object thing was like, oh, sounds like a great opportunity. Maybe we can monetize it, but are we going to spend our days growing it? Mm-hmm. You know, and and we we talk about a few guys that we know that three guys that have started companies and ran them for you know anywhere from twenty to thirty five years, sold them. You know, Bruce with uh, AIS is still running his company. He sold it and bought it back from private equity multiple times. Right. And like those are the opportunities where you wake up and say, I, if we did this for 30 years every day, it would be scary where we are in those 30 years. And then you right. take the money you make and you invest in your, you know, speculative things along the way. But while you're doing that singular focus, that's going to be the stuff that sets up our grandkids for, you know, for life. Essentially. 100%. I mean, all of the most successful people I know who are older and, you know, semi-retired or still running businesses, but, you know, they're they're booming and they're doing it relatively passively at this point. Um, they are invested in and involved in other things. Right. But they picked the one horse at the beginning and rode it and rode it and rode it until it was a champion. And then, you know, used some of the, the proceeds and knowledge that they gained in doing that business and, and dabbled in other things but that one particular path that they chose is one that they stayed in for a long time and they learned everything about it and they learned all the connections that they could make in that world and you know they grew it to the point where it was a saleable a sellable business and now you know that freedom allows them to dabble into some other things but when you're just getting started as an entrepreneur you don't have that freedom. You know what I mean? Like you don't want what you're focused on right now that relies on you, that you've built, that most of the intellectual property is just how you operate it. Right. You don't want that to become a side opportunity because you started something else. Yeah. You know, I think, um, people who have nine to five jobs, you know, the side hustle thing is something that's real in this world. And I think it's a great thing. I think that anybody that's starting one, I encourage them but there's a difference between having that nine to five salary, you know, and, and having benefits being paid for and stuff like that and having your family or something getting taken care of by that and doing something on the side versus being an entrepreneur who's trying to grow one business and also doing something on the side. You know, that growth needs you. It needs your team. It needs everybody's 120% focus 
And if you start doing something else in the middle of it, you've just taken focus off of it. And now it's getting 50% of your attention. And this other thing's getting 50% of your attention and neither one of them can stand by themselves. Right. You know, and that's something that I've realized probably at least five or six times in my career where again, they've been making money, but it's not a sustainable thing because now the other thing that I was working on is suffering. Right. And, and with deal gen too, I think one of the indicators that this wasn't a shiny object is when we talk to guys who have been in this world for 20, 30 years, whether it's investment bankers or advisors or private equity, you know, fund managers, whoever it is, they look at what we're doing and they go, man, that's a pretty good idea. I wish I thought of this model. I would rather be doing what you guys are doing than what I'm doing, you know? And that was kind of our way of saying, well, nobody said that to us when we were running a credit card processing book of business, right. you know, right. nobody ever said that to us when we were running a marketing agency, right. They only said it to us with this opportunity. And that was like a big checkbox for us where we go, if they're telling us we're on the right track, maybe we should bury our heads and, and listen to them, yeah. you know, and continue to, to grow this. And, you know, what are we doing now to treat this as not a shiny object, but as a company, what are some of the moves we're making? Yeah. I mean, well, one of the things was sacrificing other revenue, right. you know what I mean? Like at the, at the beginning of deal gen, you know, we did have other ways of making money. We had other clients that we were servicing, you know, in different ways, whether it was marketing or, um, you know, we were doing the you know, sourcing of products and all these right. different things. And they were generating money for us. So something that we had to do and make a conscious effort was listen to those people that were telling us, Hey, this is the best idea out of all of these things that you're working on by far. Right. And get that opportunity off the ground to the point where it could sustain us a little bit and then literally let go of the rest of the things that we were working on. And I know that was obviously hard, you know, for, I mean, it still is one of those things where it's, yeah. it's relevant right now, you know, um, but at the end of the day, it was a hundred percent the right move because what it's allowed us to do is just gain speed and traction and compounding of focusing on the same thing every single day. And what that allows us to do is, you know, we're an opportunity driven business, we're a transaction driven business. So if we can get more transactions, it allows us to reinvest some of that money and the proceeds back into building that, right. you know, fueling that engine. The engine allows us to reach out to more people and bring in more opportunities. The opportunities allow us to then go out and invest in, you know, human capital mm -hmm. and manpower that, you know, it's a numbers game at the end of the day in sales. And, and we're going to have at the beginning of next month, you know, three or four new bodies out there yeah. speaking on our behalf and generating opportunities. And by sacrificing some of our own revenue, I think it allowed us to invest our focus and attention on the right thing, which is now allowing us to take revenue being generated by that and invest it back into the business. Yeah. And we didn't go out, like we're not growing this business by taking on capital and giving away equity. We're getting right. creative on how those people get involved, you know? So right now we're not growing by saying, Hey, here's a six figure salary plus benefits plus upside. We're finding people who see the vision we have can utilize their skill set and Rolodex, make themselves a good amount of money, but help us grow in a very cost effective way, which, you know, is something not all businesses have the ability to do, but we do. And we don't have to give away equity. We own 100 percent of it right here, sitting here, you know. Yep. And it, it's a it's a nice way to grow it. It might not be the 
smartest way in the long run. You know, eventually you got to hire people and have them be here full time. For sure. But until we have enough runway with finances to reinvest, this is a pretty damn good way to grow the thing. You know? No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that, you know, the Silicon Valley mindset of raising a bunch of capital um, before you know what you want to do or before you find a product market fit or before you're profitable um, you know, some people are tremendously talented at yeah. that. Um, but for the, you know, some people are tremendously talented at, you know, baseball and they make a career out of that. And, yeah. you know, those are the few and the far between. I think for the common entrepreneur, you know, the, the best way to go about growing a business before you take on equity partners, before you, you know, get, go out and get a, a million dollar loan or something like that is to find your path to profitability and find your product market fit. And yeah. so that when you're taking on that money, which when you're taking on that partner, you know, you would know exactly where it should be invested, how it should be invested to grow profitably and not just have some top line shiny object number. Um, you know, that again, there's different ways to go about this. I'm sure people listening and part of growing content is, is having people who agree with us and having people yeah. that don't. Um, which we'd love to hear from, you know, some of the other opinions of people who have started, you know, come more of those VC style businesses. But I mean, I think for the, for you and I, what we're doing right now fits our vision. Yeah. And I, I think one thing we, you know, we uncover 30, <coughs> 40, 50, 60 companies a month that are looking to sell. And one common reason they're looking to sell is some of these founders have given away so much equity to raise money that they look up at the scoreboard and go, even if I sell this thing for a hundred million, I'm walking away with $6 million and yeah. Okay. That's a lot of money, but not when you sell something for a hundred million because you gave away all this equity along the way. So I think right. we're trying to be conscious of, you know, can we grow this without giving away the equity until we need to? And at that point, there'll be enough revenue to justify that yeah, we can give 10% out and take on some capital and use it to grow because we are making such high margins, you mm -hmm. know? And I mean, you talked to that company the other day, they raised a hundred million dollars. They're doing $70 million now in revenue, they're not profitable. And even if they sold that thing for a hundred million dollars, the ownership's walking away with zero. They got to pay back their investors, you know, pay back. So it's, and they have to wake it, up and go to know? work every day right. at that business that has at this point just is providing them really nothing. Yeah. You're a slave you know? to your business, you know, right. You're, you're house poor in, in, a, in a, in a market like this, essentially. Right. You're sitting on an, an asset, but it's not going to make you anything. You can't sell it. You know? No, no. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, the reason for, for this particular show was just kind of to discuss the idea of going all in on that thing that works, you know, and, and kind of putting blinders on, um, I shouldn't say full blind blinders on what you should be focused on and, you know, staying, staying on that track. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's always okay to learn about while you're growing, learn about the other opportunities that are being presented to you. You know, I don't think we there's... We always have one eye open, you know? Yeah, you got to, you know, keep one eye open, learn. You know, we had a conversation the other day with somebody who is an individual that's interested in buying companies. Now, this particular individual hasn't even raised a fund before. Right. Um, you know, they're doing it with with essentially their own money, but, yeah. like, they don't have... They, creative they, financing. You know, creative, creative financing. deal structure. And so that was interesting because, again, we see so many opportunities. We're like, well, hmm. Maybe we should 
stay close to that person. Maybe we should learn more about that mm-hmm. because one of these days, you know, deal gen might, and I think our, our goal of growing this company is to slowly take pieces of it off of our plate so that it frees up some of our time to focus, but it's still making more money than it ever had before, you know? And, um, but what that would allow us to do would be to then know that this is something that's providing again, that stability that you need in your life in order to potentially jump at one of those things. So keeping an eye open is, is totally fine. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty happy about the fact that we chose to put some blinders on here and, and, and roll. Mm-hmm.